So we are down to five teams. We are recording this right after the Yankees forced a winner-take-all game five. So I guess most people listening time Monday, if you're listening Tuesday, you already know that one of the teams we're talking about has been eliminated because it is down to five, the two teams in the NL, the Astros who completed a very difficult sweep over the Seattle Mariners, and then obviously the Yankees in Cleveland are playing a game five at Yankee Stadium. Let's start with them. I think that 97% of Met fans and 98% of people that are listening right now who are Met fans, who identify as Met fans, are rooting against the Yankees. I don't want to hear this crap that you sometimes hear of, well, I'm a New Yorker. You know, I'm a New Yorker. I'm rooting for the Yankees. There have been times in which my hatred for the Yankees has certainly waned. You've given me crap for that over the years that I don't, hate, hate Yankees be the way I used to. And that's true. I don't. But there's no doubt, there's no question that when I sit my ass down and I'm watching Cleveland versus the Yankees in the American League Divisional Series, especially with two really good football teams these days, (laughs) I want the Yankees out. I want them out. And I do think that the vast majority of the fan base Maybe it varies in degree in terms of hate or dislike, but the vast majority of this fan base doesn't go with this crap. I root for New York garbage. They want the Yankees eliminated, and they're wearing Cleveland Guardian underwear this week. Yeah, I mean, listen, I've made my hatred for the Yankees known, uh, so I'm not even going to go crazy into it now. Let me talk to the 2% that, that are rooting for the Yankees. The baseball team from Cleveland is now getting into rarefied air. We are, if they get bounced tomorrow, we are now and should be starting to talk about them like the Red Sox, like the Cubs. What has it, Evan, been 74 years? And they lost, what, twice in the World Series in a Game 7? That is freaking brutal. Guess what? The Yankees are going to be there next year, the year after that, the year after that, the year after that. And as soon as Manfred expands the playoffs to 15 teams, they'll be in there every year. How about the poor folks of Cleveland? I don't want to hear about LeBron James and the Cavs. How about the fan that the Cleveland, the baseball team from Cleveland, because I'm not going to call them the other name, the baseball team from Cleveland, those fans that have suffered and suffered, how about they get a freaking bone? So those two, three, whatever percent of their fans that root for the Yankees, the Yankees will be fine. They'll always be fine. Have some sympathy. 73 years, that's long enough to wait. Well, first of all, they've had a few more pennants than the two you remember. They did win in 1995. Yeah. They did win in 1954. Correct. But whatever, we're not going to part We're not doing 54 here. I'm just saying. I'm, bro, I'm just saying. Here's it. where we disagree. And Hoffman's going to have to break the tie on this one. I, maybe because I've seen nothing. I've seen no championships from any of the teams I root for. I don't play that sympathy card. There is no sympathy towards the Cleveland Indians slash Guardians in the fact they now have the longest drought in Major League Baseball. Because if they win a World Series, just like I felt when the Cubs won a World Series or when the Cavaliers mm-hmm. won an NBA championship or when any long curse has broken the Red Sox back in 04, it actually makes me really, really, really jealous. More so than other teams winning a championship. Because I say, oh, they can do it. Those sons of bitches finally won. And my team hasn't. So I I understand in taking on the Yankees, sure, that's fine. I don't think you need a reason to root against the Yankees if you're a Met fan. But that sympathy card doesn't work for me. I was depressed 
during that 2016 World Series. Because I knew someone was breaking a giant, giant streak of not winning, and it was going to make me feel worse about the team I root for. And, and that's the exact and, and, and same not, way I feel any time a team does that. And you, and you do bring and Hoffa, you do bring up a good point, Evan, because I do remember. And also, I'll keep this in mind. Once one alleviates it, right? If the if the Cleveland team got out of there, the Mets would move up. Were they ninth right now? Eighth or ninth? Longest drought, so they would move up a notch. So right, it also adds like, on like, to the Met length of not winning. You know which one? Which one killed me the most? And it's not baseball related, but I'll explain it real quick because I think a lot of Met fans are Jet fans. When the Kansas City Chiefs won their Super Bowl, a part of me said, wait a second, we are the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, think about it. The Jets won their championship Super Bowl three. Chiefs won their Super Bowl, Super Bowl four. They both kind of legitimized the AFL. And then both organizations had some near misses, some championship games that they didn't win. But neither franchise got back to a Super Bowl. Both franchises were basically lost in the wilderness for decades and decades and decades. And then all of a sudden, by the grace of the freaking football gods, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid walk on their doorstep. And now all of a sudden, they're goddamn perennial winners. And I, I'm okay with them now because once they rip the Band-Aid off, it's you know easier to accept. But it was really difficult watching the Kansas City Chiefs win for the very first time. So I hold bitterness against teams that end long droughts. So Hoff, are you more on the side of me or are you like, oh, I feel bad for that team, that city, let them win? I don't feel bad and I'm it's my my answer is confused because I have majority of my household are Yankee fans. So I kind of wanted the series to end today because I don't want to go through this hassle with them because I'll just put it this way. I had a child screaming and crying throughout the entire game, and I thought the Yankees were losing at one point in time. I thought they were down, and then I woke in the room, and they were up 3-2. He was just that nervous, and it wasn't my five-year-old. It was the older guy. <laughs> he was bugging out. So for that, I'm like, I feel bad for them. That's the only reason why I feel bad, but I'm definitely rooted against the Yankees. But here's the thing is, it's not about the Guardians. I'm really – I don't want the Astros to win. Like, if I, all the teams that are available right now – they are my least favorite that I want to see win another freaking World Series. I know that's t- that's tough to say because, like, well, what about the Yankees? Do you really want to see them win too? I hate the Astros so much for that cheating nonsense that I can't see them win a World Series again. If they do, it's going to make me vomit. So it's like the Yankees have a better chance of beating the Astros than the Guardians do. And that's where <laughs> by I the, By the way, we are all so completely different because – I don't know when it happened. I'm not sure the exact moment it happened. But if I would rank the five teams that are left, and again, we are recording this for the Yankees and Cleveland play game five. Eventually, there'll be four teams, at least for a week or so. But if I was going to rank these teams in the order of who I want to see win a championship, it's not even close who's number one. There is one team well above the rest, and that team, Peter Hoffman, is the Houston Astros. And let me tell you why. Number one, they've already won. So there's none of that, what I just described. Like uh, San Diego Padres have never won a World Series. The San Diego Padres or the city of San Diego just lost the football team. They don't have a basketball team anymore. I would still be not as jealous, but a little bit jealous to see the Padres win their first World Series. It wouldn't kill me as much as Cleveland or when the Cubs did it or when the Red Sox did it or when the Chiefs did it. But ideally, 
I, there'd be some jealousy if the San Diego Padres pulled it off. Otherwise, I've got no quarrels with them, which we'll get into later. But the Astros of A, a have won. B, they have never really done anything to me. Now, think about it. What is the Met Astro history in terms of our generation? 1986 is a history lesson. You know, we don't really, we don't remember the National League Championship Series from 1986. And, and by the way, the Mets won. So where would there be bitterness? But during their time of sharing the National League, I don't really have that many horrific memories about the Astrodome. I remember Mike Piazza hitting an epic home run off Billy Wagner and Todd Homley hitting a game-winning home run in that game. Outside of that, the Astros were just another National League team that happened to be born the same year the Mets were in 1962. So A, I got no long-term history with them. B, they've already won, so winning another World Series, whatever. They've also been a three World Series. And here's the third thing. I love how they drive you all nuts. I love how they drive Yankee fans nuts. I love how they drive Dodger fans nuts. I love how everyone wants to delegitimize the Houston Astros, and yet all the effing do is win. I love that about them. And look, as both of you guys know, I also love their best player, Jose Altuve, who I've had on my fantasy team for a decade. That's not the driving reason, though, in all seriousness. I love Altuve, but it's easy to like one player and not root for a team. But I love the way the Astros drive everybody nuts. And I think them winning a World Series, what would you say then? If you're a Yankee fan or a Dodger fan or a Red Sox fan or whoever you are that says they're fraudulent, they're fakes, they're cheaters, what are you going to say? If they get to yet another World Series and this time win it. And there's nobody on the team I dislike. You know, they have one former Met, Rafael Montero, who's you know, a fart in the wind. Who cares? So, yeah, I got no quarrels with the Astros. And those are all my reasons why. Yeah, Ed, I'm, I'm with you, dude. To me, it's the Astros, number one, because for someone like me who just hates the Yankees and their fans... I know the team, especially if they meet in the ALCS, the Astros to win that series, win another World Series, it would drive them crazy. Therefore, it would make me happy. And yeah, I have no, like you said, no negative views towards them. I do like the heel in professional wrestling. I like the heel in baseball. Maybe the Mets could knock <laughs> off. the. You know, I like the idea of having, you kind of need, and they have that swagger and they, so yeah, I, I don't hate them at all. So I, I would put them number one above everybody just because it would bother and stick it to the Yankee fans. Then as we go down, Cleveland, Padres, because of the droughts, that's that's where I would start ranking them. But, but what's, what's fun about the Astros is that I think in every sport you need that constant. You know, if every single year was a crapshoot and let's say the ALCS, you know, because we have a crapshoot in the NLC, NLCS, no doubt about it. The Padres and Phillies is an absolute, how the hell did that happen, crapshoot. If we had an American League Championship Series between the Seattle Mariners and the Tampa Bay Rays, which would have been a crapshoot as well, I don't know. It would be missed something. As cool as it would be that it's wide open, you need that constant, that bad guy, that, like you said, Louie, that heel you got to knock off. The Astros are that team. They are the modern-day Yankees. Now, I know they haven't won enough. They've only won one World Series, so anytime – Someone compares this Astro run to what the Yankees did in the late 90s. It's easy to say, come on, the Yankees won how many championships? And you're right. But the Astros have gone to three World Series. Three. They have been the six consecutive American League Championship Series. It's, it really is incredible what they've accomplished. And I think that's important in sport. I do. I think it's important to have that one team to shoot at. 
uh, to shoot at. And so I think the Astros kind of that. And look, there's nobody on that team that has really done anything to us. You know, we talk about the franchise not doing anything to us. The players haven't really done anything to us, whether it's Jose Altuve or Alex Bregman or Jeremy Pena or Julie Gurriel or Justin Verlander or Frever Valdez. You go down the list, they're just real good baseball players that, you know, we happen to have seen. And I don't want to talk about the four regular season games from 2022 (laughs) because none of that crap matters. Did we convince you, Hoff? Are you now an Astro fan? No, I'm not. And that's the thing. I am bothered (laughs) by that. I'm bothered by the fact that you got rid of George Springer. You got rid of Carlos Correa. You got rid of Garrett Cole. You got rid of all these players. And yet they're still kicking ass. And they're still bringing up all these young prospects. Listen, Kyle Tucker, amazing. I love the guy. He's on my fantasy team too. But I still hate the freaking team. And I hate to see these elite teams. I want to see something fresh. I want to see something new. Unfortunately, we're going to get something new out of the National League, and I hate both teams, so it's it sucks hey, no matter one what. One quick thing about Cleveland, whether they advance or not, they do feature two guys that were obviously the key to the Francisco Lindor trade. Andres Jimenez, Ahmed Rosario. Rosario hit the big home run. Jimenez had an all-star caliber year. Personally, I'll start, and tell me how you guys feel about this. They don't phase me at all. Like, I'm not sitting there watching them succeed and saying, oh, my God, I can't believe they made this trade. It's one of those trades that in the moment really works for both teams. I think the big critique on the Mets may be that they signed Francisco Lindor, that they made the trade and gave him $300 million, that, hey, maybe they don't trade any prospects. They keep both these guys, and they just sign Carlos Correa, or they just sign Corey Seager. But I understand why Steve Cohen did it. I think it was a message. I think it was a necessity to say, hey, I'm the new sheriff in town. We're going for it. And here's the guy that we're going to kind of build around for the next 10 years. And Lindor had a great 2022. As much as he flamed out in the postseason and flamed out in the series against the Braves, look, everybody did. That's the truth. So did Alonzo. I mean, everybody freaking flamed out in those six games. I'm not going to look at those six games and say, all right, forget everything else. He had a really good season. And to me, he's still better at this point, better than either guy. I don't think Rosario's that good. I'll start with him. Like, if he was on this right now, would he play? Like, seriously, would he be an everyday player? Where? No. No, probably not. Uh, I don't think he's really grown as a player. Jimenez is a different story. He had an all-star caliber year. He may only get better and better, but I don't think either guy's as good as Lindor. So it's one of those trades that, I hate to say it, you kind of look at and say, I think it works for both sides. But when I'm watching Yankees-Cleveland, or even before that, when I was watching Cleveland in general, Jimenez and Rosario make zero impact on me. Whether they do well, I'm not happy for them. Whether they do well, I'm not jealous that they're doing well. I think if Lindor had another bad year, maybe. But because Lindor had a really productive season and was one of the more valuable players for this team, I have zero emotion watching Jimenez and Rosario. Yeah, no, I agree, man. It's a trade that worked out for both uh, Lindor. I run hot and cold with, but yeah, it worked out for both teams. Let me make this clear. Those two guys are on Cleveland and they're playing the Yankees. So I don't care if I hate it. Syndergaard, uh, Larry Jones, Pat Burrow, managed by Bobby Cox, could be facing the Yankees and I'm rooting for the team, that team facing the Yankees. So I look at things under that kind of scope. It's all about getting the Yankees out. And then I can start thinking about whether or not I like guys, don't like guys. But those two guys in particular, when I watch them on Cleveland, 
taking the Yankees, let's just say, out of it, I have no ill will towards them. Because when you make a trade, you'd like to see both sides work it out, right? Like in theory. And it didn't eh, in that spot. So I don't know really. how if you feel I the mean, same way. Well, why not? I don't, I don't, so you need to... I mean, Evan, you're not, you're, you're going to be that <laughs> cynical. Like it, what is it? So you want a nanny, nanny poop with a trade? What's the difference? No, if no, you no, get no. A great I, guy back no, no. and Lindor's great for 10 years. Who cares what we get? We don't I, worry I, about just, it with I guess, Santa deal or any of that stuff. No, no. My quarrel is maybe the words you use. Like you want to see the trade work out for both sides. I don't really care if it works out for both sides. I mean, sure. It works out great, but I, I, it doesn't phase me at all. Like the only thing that phases me is how did the guy do for me? And that's for, let's say Kelnick right now. Edwin Diaz, that trade has now worked. Now, we could hit her all these years later and say, wow, that effing trade was completely worth it because Edwin Diaz is now becoming, and I do think the Mets are going to resign him. If Kelnick now becomes a star, I don't even care anymore. Whether he's a star, he's a bust. So when you say that's what you want, I guess my reaction is no, I don't give a crap. Go All ahead. right, you put it better. I guess what I'm saying is if I get a great <laughs> asset back and he's really good, then I don't care slash want. Like, that's – I'm indifferent. There you, you know go. I mean? like I'm, it's cool. There you go. Here's the thing about the, the Lindor trade, and I, I, I it's, it's we're, we're past it already. I'm, I'm okay with it now. But at that time, I saw what was going on in free agency in the next couple of years – and I was bothered the fact that they went out and and signed Francisco Lindor on top of trading for him because there was other positions of need. So for that, bothered me. Overall, Francisco Lindor is a great player. I, I don't I don't care so much. So I didn't care giving up Jimenez and Rosario for, for whatever. You could have given me anybody as long as it was an impact player. But again, like I think Francisco Lindor did not need to be traded for. There could have been a guy, uh, maybe a third baseman named Olin Arenado, who was available, that maybe you could have made a move for him. That's the only regret I have about that trade that I said from the get-go. But besides that, it, it is what it is. I have no. I, I don't care about Rosario. I don't care about Jimenez. I don't care about Kelnick. I just want the people that are on the New York Mets to produce. I'm with that's you. all I want. By the way, there's one former Met on the Yankees, and that's Miguel Castro, who Aaron Boone will not use because he sucks. So that's that's the only former Met there. Obviously, Cleveland's got uh, Jimenez and Rosario. The Astros have Rafael Montero. The Dodgers had a bunch, and obviously the Braves had Travis Darnell. But in the National League Championship Series, there are three former New York Mets in this NLCS. By the way, Luke, can you name the three guys, the former Mets in the National League Championship Series? It's not that, former, it's not that difficult. It's not that difficult. Syndergaard, um, let me think here. You know I'm Come bad on. at trivia stuff. Come on. Uh, give me a second. There's two guys you got to get. There's two guys you got to get off the top. And the third guy, I'd totally give you a pass on. Syndergaard's easy. You, If you can't name the second guy, I, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you either. My brain for, uh, locks a lot, like when, when it comes to this stuff. Oh my um, god! Especially when you start adding it on, uh, it shouldn't be that difficult. Um, my god, he almost got traded to the Brewers. Wilmer Flores cried over this. Wilmer Flores cried over this. He almost. Oh my god. I'm blanking. Sorry, I blank at this, especially when I get like nervous. I feel like I'm not getting it. Blank. To be- oh, Zach Wheeler, fucking Wheeler. Wheeler. Excuse me. The third. Who's the third one? Hey, oh, Zachariah. 
And the third guy is Brandon Drury, who somehow, you know, kind of oh, became Drury, a star this year. Yeah, I don't know why, but I locked up. Yeah, that, that's my bad. That's okay. Um, this is an easy NLCS to watch. I think every single Met fan has to root for the Padres. We we cannot live in a world in which the Philadelphia Phillies, because we already experienced it. That's a thing. It wasn't that long ago when the Philadelphia Phillies went to back-to-back World Series, when the Philadelphia Phillies looked like a burgeoning dynasty. Luckily, it didn't turn into that. When we were forced, really disgustingly, to have to root for the Philadelphia Phillies in a World Series against the New York Yankees in 2009. It was disgusting. So this is one of those series where, I mean, I think as a Met fan, you got to be super passionate about the San Diego Padres. And, you know, even though we just played them, even though we lost to them in a hard-fought best of three, I didn't walk away from that series with, like, hatred that's deep to the San Diego Padres. I think I actually walked away from that series more pissed off at my own team. I mean, yeah, Trent Grisham looked like Barry Bonds, no doubt. Juan Soto's always haunted us. But I think I escaped that matchup. I don't know if you agree. More upset with the Mets than any kind of uh, long-term hate towards the San Diego Padres. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think sometimes there are those people that are, you know, oh, we just lost to the Padres, therefore we want to see them fail. That doesn't escape uh, or eliminate the history of hatred with the Phillies and the guys on their team, more Syndergaard than Wheeler in, in my book, just the way he acted, ducked the Mets, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have any ill will towards the Padres. Look, did I love the way Musgrove and Machado were acting in game three? No, but I get it. You're a competitor. You're challenged. You want to dance on the grave, dance on the grade. And ultimately with me, dude, a lot of the times we're talking about the players. We're talking about the teams. But for me, more often than not, it boils down to the fans. The fans of the Philadelphia Phillies are good buddies over there in the uh, city of brotherly love who I can't stand, who I hate. So that, to me, what it boils down to ultimately the most is the fans and the, the blood rivalry we have with them. So, yeah, it, to me, it's, it's um, Padres without a doubt, 100%. Well, here's the other thing. So the Mets have had some success in the last 25 years. I mean, they went to a world series in 2000, should have gone to a world series in 06, went to a world series in 2015. Obviously we just haven't grabbed the the real thing, which is winning. But I look at the division we reside in and especially recently, there's been too much winning going on. I mean, you look at the Atlanta Braves winning a world series last year. They've obviously owned the division now for a half a decade, which is what we grew up on. So it's like the old days reincarnated, but they won a World Series a year ago. The Washington Nationals, who were just perennial postseason choke artists, finally won their World Series in 2019. So think about it. 1921, we got the Nationals, we got the Braves. Then you got the Phillies, who I just mentioned, who had their run. It's been a while, but they had their run not that long ago, really at our expense. We brought them into this world when we collapsed in 2007. They got exited pretty early that year, but then in 2008, they go out and win the freaking World Series. 2009, they go back to the World Series. 2010, they're in the League Championship Series. They had a really, really good run. But you have a Phillies World Series from 2009, a Braves World Series from 21 and 95, a Nationals World Series from 19, Two freaking Marlins World Series from 03 and 97. And then we're standing there like schmucks with balls in our hands. So I, I cannot see another National League East team go on a miraculous run like the Braves did last year. And like the Nationals did in 19. The, fr the freaking Nationals 
were in a wild card game losing late with the Brewers closer on the mound in a wild card game. They come back, they win that game, boom, boom, boom. They're freaking winning a game seven in Houston. So the success of the National League East, that's not something I'm proud of. This ain't like the SEC in college football where you're like, go conference. This is embarrassing that everybody in the NL East is getting a turn except us. Oh, no doubt about it, bro. Look, I have. And who? No, I know. Who misplayed the ball right field, by the way? <laughs> Trent Grisham in that Brewers series. You know, honestly, I, I think the bitch. Padres are, are going to win the series. They just have. I know the Phillies have the, the look too, but but the Padres have have put so much money, so much equity, so much. You know, they've made so many moves. This, this kind of feels like their moment. And the Phillies, the Phillies, I feel like are on this you know magic carpet run that I think is is going to run out. But yeah, dude. I mean, honestly, like I have some sense of like National League pride when it comes to like the World Series stuff like that. But yes. I'm sure as hell I root for the NL East when we're the ones stuck with our you-know-what in our hands and can't seem to win a World Series where everyone else is, is doing so. That's the thing. I mean, it, it's – and what, what's sort of crazy, and I don't know if this – maybe we could construe as a good thing, is that it seems like teams make their runs when they don't have the best year in a group of years where they had really good years. What I mean by that – would be 2020 is weird with the LA Dodgers. So I almost have to eliminate it because they did have a really good year. It was a shortened season. So it's tough to really compare it. But in 2018, the LA Dodgers got to the world series. That was a year. They won 92 games. They barely won the division. I think they had that, uh, that freaking one game playoff with the Colorado Rockies at the end of the season, just to win the division. But there were three teams in the national league that won more games than the LA Dodgers that season. And that was the year they actually won the national league pennant. Uh, the year before that's a little bit different. In 2017, they did win 104 games. But the Dodgers, in a 111-win season, get knocked out in the first round or in the real first round, the divisional series. Look at the Atlanta Braves. Last year, they were so fortunate to even make the playoffs. We had a chance to bury them back in July. They survive a five-game series against us. They go out and make a bunch of low-level trades, get hot at the right time, win the division, didn't win a lot of games, and they win the freaking World Series. The Nationals had so many good years in the mid-2000s. Then the year they finally win a World Series is the year they're in the wild card game in 2019. There were so many examples of this where, and look, it, there's no rhyme or reason for it. Maybe it's just something to kind of cling hope towards, is that sometimes these teams who have good years, a bunch of good years, don't win in their best year. And that's been the case with the Atlanta Braves. That was the case with the Washington Nationals. It wasn't winning the World Series, but at least getting to that second straight World Series in 2018 was the case with the L.A. Dodgers. And I don't know if that means anything. I don't know if that means we should sit here rooting for the Mets to win 89 games so they can get hot at the right time. But it it seems to be so common now in the National League specifically where when you have your better year, you're probably having some kind of early exit that's disappointing. When you have your eh, decent year, but they made the playoffs, that's the year you go on a run and win a championship. 